This is the Making Stitches podcast. This week, the sewers using lockdown to make a community quilt. People use sewing or needlework or some kind of craft to help them therapeutically through difficult times. And so I thought, oh, this is a quite a difficult time for you know quite a lot of people. I'll just contact Kathy again, who's the quilter, and say, I've got an idea. And she just went with it. And as a consequence, we've got this um, creativity and captivity group now who are making six or 12 inch squares. And at the end of May, everybody has to hand it in by then we should have got the beginnings of our quilt. Hello and welcome to episode three of Making Stitches. I'm Lindsay and this week we're taking a break from crochet and talking about quilting. Now, something I think I have in common with many makers is the fact I quite like to have a go at lots of different things. Although crochet is probably my true love, I have been known to flirt with sewing, embroidery and even a bit of painting too. So in light of this, Making Stitches will feature non-yarn crafts as well as my favourite. And this week it's the turn of patchwork quilting. I need to lay my cards out on the table here though, quilting isn't my area. I was taught log cabin patchwork at the age of 11 at school and had a bit of a go at English paper piecing for a hexagon baby quilt once but that's pretty much where my knowledge ends. Recently a very good friend of mine told me about a lovely quilt project which is happening because of lockdown. The project was inspired by a very special quilt made by prisoners of war held in Changi in Singapore during World War II. The present-day version is being made by crafters from all over the world who are sending quilt squares to be included. The finished piece will eventually be raffled off to raise funds for a charity which is helping people during this coronavirus lockdown. The person who came up with the idea for this craft in captivity quilt is Sue Brown. I asked her how the project had come about. My daughter was meant to be getting um, married this June and my best friend Cathy, who has known my daughter all her life, very, very generously said she would make her a quilt. And so it's not just any quilt, it's a heritage quilt. So it's got bits of family and friends and, you know, various contacts of my daughter's, uh, my daughter Beth's life. And so my job was to pull all that together, get little examples of things that have gone in the quilt and, and make a kind of booklet to go with it. And in order to do that and inspire me and, you know, look for some meaningful quotes, I got hold of the book by Claire Hunter called Threads of Life, A History of the World Through the Eye of a Needle. And I, I came through, I came across the amazing chapter about, um, you know, sewing, um, needlework, etc., uh, in captivity. And I really hooked onto that particular chapter. It was particularly the bit about women in the, like the Second World War being prisoners of the, the Japanese in Singapore in a, in a prisoner of war camp. And, um, they were given, um, permission to make a quilt. And for them, it was something about connecting to home, connecting to what they call their menfolk. And luckily, uh, they were given um, both material and threads, and each one of them had a six-inch square. They put it all together and they made this quilt, which today hangs in the uh, Red, Cross, Red Cross headquarters uh, in London. And it's been an inspiration, I think, to most people. And there's also lots of other examples of you know, how people use 
sewing or needlework or some kind of craft to help them therapeutically through difficult times. And so I thought, oh, this is a quite a difficult time for, you know, quite a lot of people. I'll just contact Kathy again, who's the quilter, and say, I've got an idea. And she just went with it. And as a consequence, we've got this um, creativity and captivity group now who are making six or 12-inch squares. And at the end of May, everybody has to hand it in by then, we should have got the beginnings of our quilt. So that's it, really. That sounds like a wonderful idea, a really nice use of all this time that we've, we've got on our hands at the moment. Mm, mm, absolutely. And it's going in lots of different directions, as you can imagine. So you said you've got a group of about 30 people taking part. Whereabouts mm. in the world are they? They're in that, we've now got 60, actually, which wow. is... Quite right. No, I can't believe it either. So we've got, um, we've already got, as you, you'll see from the email, we've got somebody from the Bahamas. Um, we've got all over England, so Scotland, Ireland, Wales and England, but different parts of England like uh, Hampshire, um, Leeds, um, Durham, all kinds of places, uh, Scotland, Devon, Wales. Um, well, I'm living in Wales, so... You know, that's Monmouthshire and various other people around me are contributing as well. And, uh, you know, someone in Carmarthen. So we're, you know, we're a real kind of, we can call ourselves a global group, I think, really. I think there's someone coming in from Switzerland, a couple from Northern Ireland. Um, and it's just kind of grown. And when people hear about it, and even if they're not sewers, and I'm certainly not a sewer, um, you know, people get inspired to kind of just be part of the group and see where it leads them and... What people have done, they've done a little bit of a narrative behind their, their their square to say why they chose, you know, to do it the way they did. And so lots of things have come up from that, from, you know, remembering people who they've lost to, you know, what they felt like, the frustrations of, uh, of being, you know, locked down, um, to walking in, you know, the beautiful countryside with the fantastic weather we've had. Uh, to using this as like a huge summer holiday for their kids and, you know, lots of water sports and sliding down, um, you know, waterfalls and so forth. And so there's been a lot of, um, a lot of different reasons, a lot of different things that have come out in the quilt. And I think people have so enjoyed just belonging to the group. We've got a Facebook group so people can comment and say they like something and take advice and people who are a bit nervous can say, oh, I feel a bit daunted by some of these things that look amazing. And they're given reassurance that, you know, the simpler, the better, really go back to the Changi, the Changi quilt. And that's very, very simple with, you know, people just using threads to, to just put a kiss, you know, on a quilt, which is fine on a square. So yeah, lots of different things happening. It's so nice to hear something positive because, you know, the news is quite grim oh, yeah. at times, isn't yeah. it, when we it turn is. it on? But it to, see, yeah. to see people making something positive out of this situation, it's really quite uplifting. It is uplifting. And um, I can't believe the diversity we're getting in terms of the uh, the subject matter that's coming through. Um, although we've, you know, we've asked, so the the quilt hangs together at some point. We've said we need some notion of blue, you know, in your square, but it doesn't have to be all blue. And uh, but the variety of colour and the, the vibrancy in some of them and the subtleties in others are um, uh, are quite breathtaking. I mean, when I when I look at them and read, you know, some of the descriptions, it does bring tears to my eyes. Actually, both, you know, of joy and an admiration, you know, as much as anything else, really. 
That's so nice. Now, you said about the geographical spread of the people who are taking part. Um, I think there are mm -hmm. people of all ages as well. Yeah, uh, our youngest is a 10-year-old boy, um, you know, who's quite crafty. He's got a crafty mom, I think, as well, you know, so who can help him along. But he's been dying a pillowcase, you know, out of natural dyes. And he's going to be let loose um, with a bit of supervision, I think, with a, um, a sewing machine and shown how to do some embroidery stitches. And he'll just kind of stitch into that. And he might do something uh, with some, um, you know, colour fast pens on that as well. So I'm waiting to see that one. And the oldest we've got is uh, is a woman who's 94, I think, who's living uh, independently, um, you know, but in, in kind of accommodation, shared accommodation, not shared accommodation independent living accommodation who's so she's having to stay in um but you know she's a she can see okay she can't hear too well but she can see okay and she's using a magnifying glass and uh, you know being inspired to do something a bit different with the time you know with lots of daytime tv being watched and radio and all the rest of it but um you know it's given her a little bit of a focus and anybody in between and we've got a couple of men three men i think and you know so it's coming along <laughs> That's superb. And I guess the, the ultimate aim is that it, this is going to be used to raise funds for a charitable cause. Yeah, it is. I mean, we haven't totally decided on the cause yet. Um, you know, we'll have to have a discussion about that collectively amongst 60 of us and have votes and all those kind of things. Thing. But I think we're looking for the um, the outcome to be that we can we can sponsor or fund an organisation that's found it really, really difficult at this time. And, you know, Women's Refuge comes to mind, Bernardo's comes to mind, all those, you know, organisations that are um, finding it, I guess, difficult to, one, obey those rules, you know, in terms of social distancing, and two, cope with things that are thrown at them due to the consequence of being confined to home. So, um, yeah, pe some people aren't as lucky as others in, in that respect, are they? So, Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, you've got, you said you've got 60 people involved. I'm assuming you don't want yeah. any more or you'll end up with a humongous quilt. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're coming in in dribs and drabs. You know, it's someone said, my friend says, I've just talked to my friend about this and I'd really like to be involved. And so we'll take the odd one or two. And, you know, maybe there won't be 60 squares. You know, maybe somebody says, oh, this is too difficult or something's come up and I can't do it or, you know, who knows. Um but at the moment, I haven't had anybody dropping out. Um, I've just had more additions to the list, really. Um, so we'll see. I mean, it could be two quilts, couldn't it? You know, it could be a quilt and a wall hanging. It could be, you know, it could be anything, really. But uh, luckily, we've got this amazing group of very experienced and talented quilters living in Devon. And so all the squares are going to Devon, um, which is where Cathy lives. And they're going to come together and uh, decide on, you know, how things are put together so that it looks, it'll look amazing. I mean, it looks amazing now, just thinking about it, you know, just um, thinking about everything we're getting in. But it takes a, a huge degree of skill and a good artistic eye, doesn't it, to kind of get it right so that, um, you know, when it comes together, it does look pretty amazing. And, and will there be an opportunity for members of the public to see it when it's finished? Uh, we hope so. Um, we've written to um, uh, a courting exhibition that has been postponed and asked them if they'll show it, you know, and I think that's going to be in London. Um, and once it is finished, I think we'll then probably get a little bit more interest in maybe it'll go on a, 
uh, a bit of a tour. <laughs> I mean, who knows really? Just me and my head going, oh, that'd be interesting. You know, the 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 crafts, the crafts people guild um, down in Devon. I mean, that's fabulous. There's all kinds of places, aren't there, that we could uh, think about? Places in Bath that do regular textile exhibitions. So, um, and you know, one of one of our people who's contributing is a woman called Anne Jackson, who does, who's um, actually. What is she? Would she call herself a, a weaver? She's a tapestry expert anyway. She does these small knots and makes these amazing pictures. And um, she's, she does really big pieces. And so she's got her fingers in lots of pies in terms of uh, where we could possibly go and who we could possibly speak to. So within the group, we've got um, experts of experts, as it were, in terms of the, the textile community. So I'm sure it'll go somewhere and you know be seen by quite a lot of people. We need an event, you know, when people can come and see the uh, see the quilt hanging somewhere. I'm sure that will feel like an amazing sense of achievement once it's all together, especially mm, for the people who've all mm. submitted a square themselves. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure it will. One of the quilters who's made a square for the quilt is Amanda James. She told me how she got involved after taking part in a previous community quilt with her sewing group. We had already made a quilt um for a refugee family who were coming to Exeter and it was um, a lovely experience to be able to all contribute to it so I think from that is the reason that she sort of approached me to just be part of this and I um looked up about the women who had made the original quilt in Shengi prison and um it, it just absolutely rang bells with me and I just thought what a wonderful thing to be involved in really so I was very pleased to be asked. I, I guess there's a, a real sense of community then when you're taking part in a project like this. Very much so and I think part of the beauty of this is that it's got expertise in all different areas. Some people are you know novice stitchers and others are obviously very experienced and I mean, I've just looked at some of the contributions that people have been sending in, and obviously we've got some really talented artists there, but a lot of people are saying this is the first thing they've ever done, but looking at their work, you would never believe that. Um, and I think that people have, you know, really had a great sense of achievement in um, doing their bits, really, which is kind of what it's all about, really. I always think the journey is... Um, is and important as the end result, really, that, uh, you know, if you enjoy that, that's that's part of it. And um, I'm a retired occupational therapist, so I know how important um, activity is in people's lives and occupation in particular, you know, creativity, um, which is, you know, important to us all, really, just the, the simplest of activities bring um, achievement and, and joy to us, really. Especially at a time like this, when we're all isolated and, and, and can't get to spend time other than virtually with our with our friends and family. Absolutely. I mean, we can't compare ourselves to the women who did the original quilt who were really imprisoned. But it is affecting a lot of people's lives. And you can see that in some of the work that they've put forward. Some people have put... Um, uh, examples of, you know, not being able to play with the grandchildren and things like that, which is, you know, very important to people, I think. And, um, you know, a lot of people are being very creative in their way. And some people are, you know, cleaning out cupboards and 
and um, tidying and cleaning and doing the garden and things. But for others, that's not what they want to be doing at this time. And to actually have a creative project, I think, is um, very special, really. Now, can you tell me a little bit about your particular square that you submitted, Amanda? Yes, sure. Um, My square is um, a tribute to my mother who um, died at the end of last year. She was 94 and lived a a very uh, busy and creative life. Um, And um, she um, was very keen on poetry. I mean, she was a quilter um, and um, a painter and um but she did enjoy poetry so this is um a tribute to her and the uh one of her favorite poems which is a.e houseman's uh a shropshire lad and it's the loveliest of trees the cherry now and so my picture is of a little branch with um some cherry blossom on it and just the first lines of the poem um it's it's a little bit ironic in a way because the poem actually really describes a white cherry tree because <laughs> it talks about snow on the bough and um, white at um, Easter tide and things like that. But actually I've done mine pink because I just like pink. And part of the instructions of this project was that um, it, the background should be blue or it should feature a lot of blue. So I just thought pink looked nice and um, over, over the blue really. So, <laughs> But that's what it's really about. Oh, that's lovely. So it's, it has a very special meaning to you. Indeed, it, it, it does. Um, and um, yeah, it, it felt it felt right to my, as I say, my mother was passionate about quilting and she would have just loved the idea of uh, being involved in a project like that. Or, you know, the idea of me being involved in a project like that. Um, it would have been right up her street. So it just felt a nice thing to do, really. If you'd like to see some of the quilt squares which have been created already, including Amanda's lovely one with a pink cherry blossom, there's a selection of photos in the show notes for this episode at makingstitchespodcast.com as well as on the Making Stitches Instagram page. As soon as I hear about the quilt being finished, I will share with you where you can see it. Thank you so much for listening to Making Stitches. I've been bowled over by the reaction to the podcast so far. It's been listened to around the globe, from Sweden to South Africa and from Hawaii to New Zealand. If you've enjoyed listening to this episode of Making Stitches, please share it with your friends. And if you don't want to miss out on the next episode, please consider subscribing to Making Stitches in your favourite podcast app. You can find it in lots of places, including Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, and rather appropriately, Stitcher as well. It costs nothing to subscribe, it's simply a matter of clicking, and the next episode will appear when it goes online. My name's Lindsay, and this podcast was edited and recorded by me. You can also find me on my blog, Postcard from Gibraltar. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, keep safe and enjoy your crafting.